Hello, and welcome to Hard Fried History, a hybrid history and comedy podcast run by two aspiring entertainers. Podcast is more of a rant, really. That have failed at almost everything else. I don't fail because I don't try, so there. We appreciate you checking us out, and if you want to see extra content, follow us on Instagram or give us a like on Facebook at Hard Fried History. Subscribe to us on YouTube or tell us we're full of shit on Twitter at, at HFH Podcast. If you like going that extra mile, give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening and leave us a a flattering a glowing review and of course tell your friends family and even people you don't like about us that's right again thank you for listening and without further ado the episode Guys, welcome back to another episode of Firefight History. We thank you for coming back or coming for the first time. Um, thank you for giving us a listen. Um, and without further ado, we're just going to get into the episode today, which is going to be on Jeff Fort and the Black Pea Stones. Um, have you ever heard of the of this? Of I have no idea people? what this what we're if about to do. What we're no about clue. to do. Uh-uh. That's and and that means that means. That either means you did not grow up in Chicago. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> or you never watched Gangland, which is I, a show on Spike TV. Do you watch a lot of Spike back in the I day? I do not. Okay. I have not. <laughs> okay. So, uh, we're gonna, Jeff Fort is a Chicago gang leader, uh, leader of the Black Peastones, um, a Chicago gang that developed during the 1960s and had a lot of interactions with civil rights uh, uh, Black Panthers, um, and had a very interesting history. So, um, are so they are that. is the Black Peastones gang still around? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still around. So I will be kind of lighter in how I refer to Jeff Ford. I was gonna is, say, should I still make alive. how? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't make too many jokes <laughs> kinda, about yeah, it's these guys. Man. Okay, they, they are they are very active. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah, treacherous so like, water. Hey, we're used yeah. to we're used to minefields here at yeah, Hard Fried yeah. History. Thank yeah, you very much. Okay. okay. Yeah, don't get shot. Not the, in the first, face. not the first minefield we've tap danced through. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't make a joke and get shot in the face, Henry. Yeah, man. I'm surprised <laughs> it hasn't happened. You know. <laughs> okay, so just starting out. Uh, Jeff Fort uh, was the second of ten children, born to John Lee and Annie Fort um, in Aberdeen, Mississippi, in 1947, and they were both, uh, from my understanding, from the book I read, uh, which is the Almighty Black Peastone Nation. Uh, written by Natalie Moore and Lance Williams, um, they were cool, both. That's a cool cover. Yeah, oh, we're gonna get to the the fez. Why there's a fez on here and the pyramids and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I thought it was like a ruby. I didn't know. It was no, a no, fez. no, no, no. That's that's a fez. That's okay. a fez. Right on. Uh, so uh, uh, both of uh, Jeff Ford's parents, John Lee and Andy fezes Ford, are cool, right? They are. Uh-huh. They, this, this, right, this group man. this group does think they are cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, John. Uh, both of four, uh, John, uh, Jeff Ford's parents, uh, John Lee and Andy Ford, uh, uh, were like uh, cod, like picked cotton 
and were like relatively low paid, um, um, like rural, like farm workers. Um, you know, then the the family moved uh, to the Woodlawn neighborhood in Chicago South Side um, in 1955. So to understand, uh, this is the area where the Black Peastones would come out of, and Jeff, Jeff Fort would kind of grow his legend out of. Um, it's the Woodlawn neighborhood, which is like right south of like the University of Chicago in Chicago. It's like uh, I don't know if anybody knows Chicago. Henry's looking at me like I don't. I have no I idea. I have where no are you talking clue. about it. So, so I'm just <laughs> I'm here though. I'm with it. Right. So it's basically uh, 1955. Like it's Chicago white flights happening. Uh, where this is this neighborhood kind of in the middle of like trying to like this this was white and now a lot of white people are leaving. This is also the second wave of the great Migra- great migration when they come up, um, mm. which is the first you know the first wave in like the let's say the twenties um, and then you know teens in like the twenties yeah, and then like so. and then like the second wave was in the fifties. It was it, the book characterized it as being a lot more poor people, a lot a lot of like rural farm workers who had been like uh, kind of cast off, like uh, basically not needed anymore because of um, uh, mechanization or yeah. industrialization or whatever. Um, and so this is also the neighborhood like a raisin in a sun in the sun is about. What is that? A raisin in the sun. You never read a raisin in the sun? No. It's like classic reading. Wow, they don't teach Black history at white at, in the woodlands, I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard no on that one. All right. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a couple more facts. Something's going to play in later. We read the uh, Outsiders. Yeah, I bet you read the Giver. We read the Giver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We all read right. 1984. We read the Poisonwood Bible. Yeah. Just this is. Okay. All right. Just we no read Macbeth. No black. I thoughts. loved Macbeth. No, just, <laughs> no, 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 not a thought that's ever came from a black person that's been discussed. And <laughs> you know, I really can't recall one. So yes, you're right. That is horrible. All right. Um, uh, so uh, the the University of Chicago is like right there. It kind of plays a lot in the like the like organizing structure. Of the neighborhood, the, they, mm-hmm. they tried to. Um, there was, you know, there's, there's this idea of black removal, and especially in Chicago, but I think it's a thing of all, in all inner cities where like people have like colleges or the city has like this this motive to like move black people out of a certain part of prime land and move them somewhere else. And the University of Chicago does this a lot with the Woodlawn. There's a lot of like uh, organizing that happens against the University of Chicago with this guy named Saul Alinsky. Uh, Gee, I, I wonder where the U.S. learned this one, huh? Yeah, look, it's a whole dude, go go down, go down on the episodes and click Indian. Remote yeah, just and any any of the other ones. We did a whole series on this. This is yeah. nothing new. This is oh yeah, <laughs> standard <laughs> operating procedure. All right. Yeah, so uh, this is a guy named Saul Alinsky. He's like an organizer in Chicago who actually like uh, who forms this thing called the uh, the Woodlawn Organization, which is like a organization that does a lot of like. Um, orga- organizes the community. It's like kind of chaired by pastors. Solomonsky is also a, he he like was organizing in the back of the yards, which is the neighborhood in Shameless and the neighborhood up in mm. Clair's, St. Clair's the Jungle. Okay. Um, and then he like he went yeah. to, he was gonna do he was gonna do Inglewood, and then he came here because um, he wanted to like do like less uh, non-white like organizing organizing. Wait, uh, Woodlawn is the jungle? No, uh, uh, the back of the yards. That's, ah, okay. That's okay. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah. So uh, and also Solinsky is a guy. Oh, man, Yurgis. Sorry. 
Saul Alinsky is a guy who like definitely like if you're any of your like parents or like uncles like love Glenn Beck, just bring up his name <laughs> because like he wrote like this. Uh, I think he's like a mentor of Barack Obama, or so like was the organizer around Barack Obama at a certain time, and he's also like a guy who wrote like a, a, a like a book called like like how to how to organize for radicals, and it's mm. like a, it's used by a lot of like organizers ah. and stuff like that. It's just like tactics and stuff to do. Um, so getting back to Jeff Fort, he dropped that. He's growing up in this this era when like you know white flights happening in in in, law, in Woodlawn. And it's becoming like more of it's uh, you know he's his family lives kind of in poverty like kind of stacked on hot uh, stacked on top of other families in like these in like Chicago like these weird like kind of apartment kind of complexes like I'm gonna call it complex but apartment buildings um, you have to understand Chicago to like I don't really understand it that well <laughs> um, so he dropped out of Hyde Park uh, High School uh, after the ninth grade and contrary to pop, uh, popular like popular rumor. He could read. He was he, he like uh, the teacher in the book like that they interviewed like was like he couldn't read. He wasn't the best. He wasn't definitely. He wasn't on grade. Mm-hmm. He was behind some okay. grades. Right. But he could read. But like they, everybody was like he had uh, a crazy ability. Uh, he was known for his like leadership ability and charisma. Um, kind of going back a little bit, kind of to the formation of the gang um, around 1959. Uh, Fort from uh, Fort, uh, Fort formed the Blackstone Rangers, which they, they lived on Blackstone Avenue in, in Woodlawn. And when he, th- when he was 12, he was 12. Yeah. He, he formed like, it's a, it's a, you know, it's just like a, it's a gang, but like, what is a gang? What like really is a gang? <laughs> like it, you could, it's like just a group of kids that call each other, you know, by all, by one name. But then at the same time, like we start getting into those criminal activities that will come a little bit later. You know, yeah. that I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Like, defining a gang um they were called the blackstone rangers because they were on blackstone avenue and they were called the rangers because that was their like age group at the boy at the boys club the woodlawn boys club mm. like you know like you'd be like oh the six to nine year olds they're the cubs the nine to ten year olds are the eagles and the 12 to 13 year olds are the rangers so it's like very weird it's like innocent right it, on. it's you know what yeah I mean? if um, my uh if if in sixth grade, if I were if I were abiding by the the same formula, I would be the my gang would be the the street s- name the that's Springwood that's, Two Steppers. That is actually a very good gang name. Is it <laughs> the Two Steppers? <laughs> that would actually I don't be, know how that holds up. You know, I mean, like that's it's very, it's very old school. It's very old school. That is a very. I feel like you guys should be Springwood Two Steppers. All right. I would if I heard that name and I was like, "That's the gang right here." Like, oh, they stab the shit out of people. They are some stabby fucks. We're gonna stab you and <laughs> <Yeah>. then <laughs> and then sell the the fucking sweater your mother knitted for you on the sweater market. All right, that's what we deal in. We deal in contraband <laughs> sweaters. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the, the the Blackstone Rangers, which Fort is the head of, they have beef with like this gang called the Harper Boys, uh, which is like it's like right across the park from them, and they kind of occupy kind of relatively the same area. And the Harper Boys are led by this guy named Eugene Bull Hairston. Um, the Bulls is nickname, um, and they kind of they beef a lot. Like like one kid like pulls a zip gun zip gun and shoots another kid. Like it it ramps up <laughs> relatively mm. quick. Um, shoots another kid. They like beef back and forth for a little bit, and then they these guys decide to like join forces 
and they and they kind of collectively um, become one gang. Uh, they were they like they were they went by two different gangs gang names, the Harper Boys and the Blackstone Rangers. But then like they just got the newspapers called them the black everybody in that area Blackstone Rangers. Hmm. So okay. everybody's just like, oh, we all were the Blackstone Rangers now. Like that's who we are, and. At this time, like this, this, this the Blackstone Rangers are, are like it's two kids leading it. Like Bull is a little bit older than than Fort, um, but like it's just really two fucking kids. Uh, Bull is kind of known as the the big chief, and then Jeff Fort is known as the little chief because he's like very he's like a, a scrawnier kid and a shorter kid. Um, and there's like this shadowy like older group of black gangsters like behind them that are like like asking them to go do stuff for them like because it's a known fact in this time like if anybody under 17 commits a crime uh even if it's a murder like all the way up to murder yeah it does like you they won't get any jail time they'll basically get a very short amount of time like two years maybe for murder so like they're having these kids carry out a lot of their a lot of their like criminal like collecting money extortion um you know like physical assault murder all these things yeah um so like they're getting two to like they're two lidges under these older black gangsters these older black gangsters don't really have any power because like, this is kind of like going to the history of like black gangsters and chicago gangsterism um they used to run they used to run this thing called the numbers you know the numbers policy it's like it was like betting it was like a it was like the lottery basically so they ran the lottery like underground lottery and like and that was they, they did that all through like the twenties and the in the thirties during prohibition. Uh the Chicago outfit, which is like the Italian mob in Chicago, didn't really give a fuck about about the numbers spot like the numbers game because they're like, We're making all this prohibition money. We yeah. don't need another thing. We'll let y'all have y'all thing, y'all you know, y'all stay over there, da 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 da. As soon as prohibition's up, they like come mm. for the numbers game yeah, and they're that like makes sense. <laughs> and they like shoot a bunch they like they like kill a, like a couple of the top guys. And so like the Chicago outfit yeah, the Italian mob in Chicago is like running all the criminal stuff in the South Side, in the black neighborhoods, and like kind of in control of of it. So these black gangsters that like are telling these kids, these Blackstone Rangers, to go do stuff, they don't really have any fucking like. They're not the top guys, and these and, and you know Fort and Bull and all these people. They realize like, you know, fucking, you're not the guy. You're not the yeah, guy. So they, yeah. so they they like become a monster, and they become like more powerful than these older black gangsters pretty quickly. Um, so they have this rivalry with this group called the called the Disciples, um, and it it the it's which is like another major Chicago gang. From my understanding, it's like there's like the Disciples, and then there's like the Vice Lords. It's it's now it's broken up. Like there's like multiple of the the Disciples thing. I don't really know. I don't. <laughs> I, I saw I saw Gangland on Spike. You know what I mean? So, but at the time, it's like the Disciples, the Vice Lords. And the the Black Peastone, the the Blackstone Rangers at this point are becoming like a major Chicago gang. I we talking about gangs and a lot of these these the gangs that we're talking about are like African American. Like they have a lot of African American membership, but like the gangs in Chicago, I I don't know what it is about the city, um, but it, has, it seems to have like a pretty <laughs> a pretty fl- uh, uh, flourishing gang culture that's always been there. Like you can talk about the Hamburg Club. We know we talked about the Chicago outfit and all that type of stuff. We talk about the Hamburg Club, which was a Irish uh, gang from like the from like I think the nineteen twenties or nineteen, uh, which was part of like uh, the Richard May- Mayor Daly, Mayor Daly, Mayor Richard Daly, who was like the, the historic like 
uh, Chicago mayor. He was a part of this gang, a, a part of the Hamburg Club. The Hamburg Club used to beat up people, uh, do voter intimidation. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's just part of the, like the seems like some so like it's almost part of the fabric of the city. Um, you know, from my like unknowledgeable point. <laughs> um, so Fort is a he's given the, the nickname Angel uh, because of his ability to solve disputes and form alliances between like the Rangers and other other gangs. Um, again, they're beefing with like the disciples. The disciples are much bigger than them, so they they have to collect other people to like get you know to 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 to, to become part of the gang so they can beef with the disciples. Uh, at this time, the way it's kind of working is uh, Fort's like the president, like the prime minister. He's like the guy who does all the, the speaking and is like very charismatic. But the 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 Eugene Bull Harrison is the guy who's like actually behind the scenes conducting the business, like telling people, yeah, that boy get shot. This do this, da 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 da. da. And they it was a pretty good, they were like they had a pretty fluid working situation. Um, again, they're coming up in the '60s, in like the early '60s, like to the mid '60s and late, mm -hmm. late '60s. So they kind of go from like they're maturing during that time. So like they just pick up the what's cool during the time. So they pick up a lot of the. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. A lot of the style of the time and the style of the time was black nationalism. Mm -hmm. And like that, like Black Panther look. So they like mm -hmm. they like they like the disciples are like they are not down like more. They're not down with the, like the the black the the black nationalism. But the from my understanding, but the Black Panther the black the Black Peastones are the Blackstone Rangers at this time. They're like wearing like black leather jackets. They have afros. Their colors are 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 black, red, and green. You know, like the the Marcus Garvey. Like yeah, Black I was about Nashes. to say that yeah. that stems back to, or that those are the colors that Garvey chose. Yeah, so like they're just doing like all of the 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 accoutrement of Black nationalism, but still are just like a a violent gang um, in on the South Side of Chicago. Um, yeah, by the by the mid 1960s, they had assembled a coalition of like 21 gangs and with about 5,000 members. Okay, and they had organized. Huh? What'd you say? Okay. That's yeah. pretty sizable. Like, That's pretty yeah, good. Like, <laughs> they didn't, like, they were, like, again, these kids, they're, like, fucking 17, 16, and they, they got 5,000 people under them. And, and they, they, it was, it was again, uh, Bull is, like, the big chief. Jeff Fort is, like, the little chief. Um, and then they have this group called the Main 21s, which is just, like, the 21, like, important guys of this, like, body. The, it's, like, the central committee. Body. Yeah, basically, like, a central committee. And, you know, and within those guys, those guys have like, I think they have like they have guys that like one of like the bigger guys is a guy named Mickey Cogwell who like who like basically runs this place called the Hole, which is at like the Robert Taylor Homes. Which if you don't understand like what we're talking about in terms of the Chicago housing projects, this is like just like good time shit. Like so you <laughs> like those massive house so like those massive housing projects. They would the, one of these kids was just in charge of it, mm. you know, or relatively young men. Um, so more to like the, their coming of age and like where they kind of kind of gain their importance from because at this point they're just like a they're a gang you know what I mean a massive gang uh, of kids but you know just a gang um, so it, as it grew it became like more involved in like community and political activism so they were like they were always kind of like throwing like again they're of the time of the '60s so they're kind of always throwing little to dos and uh, to dos towards social activism and political activism. Um, 
specifically in 1966 when MLK comes to Chicago. He like t gives a speech. He gives like a massive speech, like his speech about what he's going to be talking about um, in, in Chicago and what he's going to be fighting for. The Stones like mar the Stones march in, which is their nickname, the Stones march into like the arena where he's giving a speech in mass, just as a show of power mm. to MLK. <laughs> like, and they kind of post up, um, and then they kind of they become the like a lot of the security in in Chicago for like when 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 MLK does his marches. Um, like specifically the Marquette Park March, which I think we talked about in the Fred Hampton. It's where Fred Hampton was like, this is, I don't want to do this nonviolent shit anymore. The Stones are also there doing security and they're doing this nonviolent security. And they, you know, this is where like white, white, you know, white people are showing up with KKK, like, uh, like uh, swastikas and stuff and throwing bricks at MLK and stuff. Uh, the Stones, like it's this, it's this weird scene the book describes where like, <laughs> they're like arguing with MLK uh, like after that march, and they're like, and they're like, we're going back over there with guns. Mm. Like next time we march, we're gonna have fucking guns on us. And MLK is like, don't bring guns. Like, <laughs> like the pure absurdity of the situation. Like, he's like, don't bring guns. Like, don't do that. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're bring And it's like, uh, and, and MLK goes, how do you put out a house on fire? And then they get pissed. They're like. With all these motherfucking metaphors, this nigga talking about a house of fire, like, <laughs> like, because he's doing like the black preacher thing, and then yeah. they're just, but these are like the street kind of street cats. They're like, fuck that, I don't. You talking about metaphors? Fuck all that. And then they're like, of course, you put out the house, you put our house with fire, you put our uh, house that's on fire with water, and then and then MLK's like, well, don't be the fire to their fire, put it out with water, and they they kind of disengage from that situation just because they didn't. The nonviolence aspect of it, right? They, yeah. they, they. It was. It's just that they're the security detail for like MLK, <laughs> or at least for a march involving MLK, kind of just showing like their prowess and like how like kind of a big of a, of a deal they were at the time. Um, at the t also at the time, this is in, the, in 66, 67, this is like, I didn't realize like gang sh shootings went back this, like they're shooting. This is not like a, like a, a knife fight. Um, I don't know the, uh, what's West the West Side Story? Yeah, this is not West Side Story. They are yeah. shooting guns, like shotguns, <laughs> like machine guns at each other, like on this, in the South Side neighborhood. Like it's, I think it was like 150 people got killed. Uh, like, uh, which is low now, but 150 people, like, due to this gang violence in, like, 66 or 67, they said something about, like, the book reference, like, uh, over 100 shootings, I think it was in a month, or uh, it was in a month, or it might have been a year, um, that were that were attributed to kids underneath the age of 17 in the Woodlawn neighborhood. Damn. Like, it, it's, act, it's active. It is very, yeah. it is active. Yeah. So at this time they they also uh, they also come into contact with uh, First Presbyterian and the Woodland the, the Woodlawn organization uh, that we referenced earlier. They uh, Reverend John Fry allows the the Stones to use First Presbyterian uh, Church in Woodlawn as their head as basically as their hangout, but kind of just becomes their headquarters. And we're a situation where like. The minister is like trying to like give these kids a place to get off the streets, right? Mm -hmm. And you know maybe like a sanctuary to like 
you know, mm. they, they can hang out here. They can do all this. They're going to do all their stuff here. So they're not like out on the streets because the gang violence is getting out of control. And but they're also like they're having parties there, but they're, they're, there's like liquor at the party. There's, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're also bringing guns into the church. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of opened himself up a little bit. Yeah. It's like a weird thing where they've where, where he's 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 invited them in. He's not asking them to like disarm. He, he would I don't think I don't think they they definitely didn't want anybody like putting guns in the church but like there was like the book was again talking about like uh like uh, Blackstone members would be like yeah I came in to having just we like we came in just having shot at somebody with a gun in hand and we see him as we're walking in the church with the gun and he's like oh and then he goes back to his office <laughs> like, like it's a that weird situation. Like, hey, make yourself, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over I'm here. I'm gonna go like, in the back. You guys do your thing. It's all good. Like, let me just get out of here. You know what I mean? So, again, the police are like criticizing this Reverend John Fry as being like, like a bleeding heart liberal, who's just giving this gang like cover. Yeah, I, I can see both sides, but like I, I kind of see like what the Reverend's trying to do is like he just trying. He, he has no uh, intent that they're gonna stop shooting people all the time. He's just saying, hey, you can come off the streets or come out of this situation where you can be here and you'll be here in a safe space and that's all I can offer you at yeah. the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they, yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, they, he's, they he's, a, he's a reverend. Like, what, yeah. It, it takes more than one dude to like disarm a gang if that's even yeah. feasible. Like, what is he? what is he supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, so the again, parents are complaining about like the violence and like how cr- crazy this neighborhood's getting. And so the pastors resolve to reduce uh, violence. So they they reach out to the they reach out to the gangs. Um, the past like these two pastors, one of them is Reverend Fry. I think the other one's Brazil. Um, they reach out to the gangs and they reach out to the two organizations. You know, the the Woodlands organ the, the the Woodlawn the Woodlawn organization. Mm. So they reach out to them. That's the uh, coalition of gangs. No, the Woodlawn organization is just like that's the organization that Saul Alinsky started in like. Oh, okay. In like, yeah, it's like a thing he started, and then like black kind of pastors and ministers and stuff took they took it over and they lead it now, um, in order to organize the neighborhood so they could you know so the neighborhood could you know organize against specifically against the University of Chicago coming in and trying to take some of the land of the I see. away. Okay. Um, so the in in uh, in the in the spring of 1967. Uh, the Woodlawn or organization receives a grant, which they apply for a grant for $927,000 out of the Office of Economic uh, Opportunity, which is the war, like, which is the uh, which is now defunct, but it was part of the War on Poverty, and and the, they received the grant so they could provide education and job training to disciples um, and stones, um, and basically how the program worked is like they paid money to gang members to go to training. And some of them to become like work job trainers, um, and and that just it paid them to actually do classes and like go kind of go to like schooling a little bit of education, and just to like that's all it paid them for. That. Uh, but <laughs> the gang was using it in a different way. Like everybody got a check, like for like forty five dollars every week, mm-hmm. and everybody who got a check had to take their check to. Jeff Fort or whoever else on the disciple side and they would go they would they would go to a I think it was like it's like a convenience store like a check cashing place 
and they get the out of the forty five dollars, twenty five dollars went to the gang for bonds, you know, for like bail bonds, you know, like stuff. Yeah. Um, nefarious activities, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? So basically, they're paying the the they're basically just paying this gang funding. <laughs> they're basically funding a gang kind of, and it's it's an interesting thing because like, did it work? Uh, it's the where the book talks about like people when when they were like like when they were beefing with the disciples and the stones were beefing they both would reference like thinking about the money from the yeah you know i mean from the from the from the job training program so it it worked that's all you're trying that's really all you can ask yeah. for it to do is to be like oh in the back of my mind yeah you know i mean i'm thinking about it but like this, you know, administering it through the gang probably is not the best, like, in the structure of these, like, gangs around each other is not the probably the best way to do it. Because they do something similar in Richmond, California. Um, the, mm. where, but, but it's very targeted to, like, you, they, they, they basically, I think it's like they build you a point system where, like, it's like, who is likely to commit violence or be a victim of violence in our city or Richmond, California? And they basically pay those guys to not shoot and get killed. Like they basically pay them, and it's like a, it's a, it, it helps you like not be as involved in those things. Now here, it, I would say it had some impact, but there's still like shootings going on. There's like like a, a, a like there's like a there's this one incident where like a like a disciple kind of rolls up on these kids that he like he thinks they're stones, but he does not know they're stones. I think he was like with his girlfriend, and he just like pulls out like he like he says like disciples or whatever does like a gang call, and then they all just look at him, and then he like pulls his gun out and he tries to just shoot to scare him. He hits one of the kids, but he also hits like a fourteen year old girl in the back of the neck and kills her. Like, Jesus, that was like away, like it was like down a block or some shit. So like that shit's happening, and people are still getting killed, and then people are still getting murdered, and then you're just also like basically giving money to a gang. Yeah. <laughs> It it it, it uh, people people don't like that weird thing. Uh, he gets uh, yeah. People might get a little upset. People about get that. might you know, look. Maybe, maybe there's a little, something a little little. Maybe there's some grievances there. I don't know. No, you know. You know what I mean? And the, the police the whole time are like, you guys are just funding a gang because <laughs> yeah. like this is the time when like the police is like their like gang intelligence unit is like budding and just becoming and they're just like this is just a fucking and they're calling this the, the Reverend Fry like a bleeding heart bleeding heart liberal and stuff like that. They're raiding the church um, multiple times. Uh, some say planting weapons. Some say finding find. Well, they definitely found some weapons. Um, weird fact: uh, Jeff Fort gets invited to to uh, to to you know to the inauguration of, of President of, of Richard President Richard Nixon. And I think that's just because he was. I, I, Wait, what? He gets the, in, he gets invited. Yeah, because they were they were like basically like. They're gaining news and traction as basically becoming like they're just like a, a community organization. Okay, rebranding a little but bit. Yeah, like All they right. they can't decide like what they want to be. Like they're they're doing like political organization and stuff like that. But they're also like shooting at disciples all the time. It's like a weird mix of a game. Wait, they're they're also like getting out to vote though. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a lot. They're doing like okay, like they're I see. like they're 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 like picketing like construction. Like the uh, construction uh, construction sites and saying that you need to hire more minorities as construction workers and stuff like that. Uh-huh. 
they are they are uh, one of the guys, this, the Mickey Cogwell guy, who's like the the leader of like this thing called the Cobra Stones uh, at the time. Um, that guy, like that guy, uh, became the leader of the like like a fast food union, like workers fast food workers union. Like if you worked in bars, you worked in like you did fast food work, you did like menial restaurant work. He was the leader of the union on like the like in Chicago for that type of work. Now the police are gonna say he was the leader of that union because he was also shaking down those businesses for money. It's very it's very mob esque. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mob- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's a it's they're like in between. They're doing a little bit of it, but they're also really just shooting at a lot of people. And it's like shooting at disciples and stuff, so it's it's a weird weird mix. And Nixon um, invited Jeff Fort to yeah, his he's inauguration. The leader, he's the leader of this organization that is like in the newspapers for like doing like that's doing some like good community work, but like and it also like received this grant from the federal government. Okay, and like, yeah, it's like a it's it's. The notoriety he gets is weird because it's one because he's the leader of this gang in Chicago that everybody knows about. Yeah. But then also, they're doing community stuff, and then they they have this grant that they've been given. That everybody's like throwing it that other people are throwing a hissy fit about. Yeah, it just seems yeah. so like so not like Nixon. Yeah, I I, I you know were they like getting out to vote for Nixon? It doesn't seem like they would vote. For I Nixon. don't. I never. You know I mean? I, I've I've read about I've read about this. I've seen this in like two other books. I don't really understand it. But he doesn't go anyway. Uh, he sends his top that one of his top guys, which is that Mickey Cogwell guy. Um, okay. Uh, so around this time, th- this is what I'm talking about. Around this time, with where uh, this is what I'm talking about is, is when I refer to the violence. Like around this time, 1966, I think Bull Hairston uh, goes to jail, um, and he. <laughs> He's sentenced. Uh, he, but he's sentenced in in, in sixty seven. That's the the big chief. Yeah, that's the big chief. Okay. Uh, he's sentenced in sixty seven for solicitation of murder. And basically, the way this story goes is, they again they used to have the kids do it a lot of the shit for him. Uh-huh. So like it's like 12, 13, 14 year olds who are just standing on a corner and like, I think it was like either Eugene Bull or like one of the other guys comes up to him and it's just basically like, hands him a gun, hands one of the kids a gun, and like go hit that car. Because these guys have been to, like, and they go. The kids like one of the kids goes and just shoots at three people in a car twice. Uh, shoots each of them twice, and then brings the gun back. And then uh, they ask like Bull, like, like, why did we? Just, why? Why did we shoot? Why did we shoot them? And they were like, oh, they're selling drugs on our turf, and they're not paying like a fee. And like, and they, like, like combo in Breaking Bad. Yeah, and then they just, and then <laughs> the weirdest, the uh, Bull breaks out like uh five six i think it was six one dollar bills and gives one of the kids one dollar and then gives that that kid the other five dollars says give it to all your friends and then like just a dollar is all they got for murdering people <laughs> that's called <laughs> that's called trickle down economics yeah. okay yeah. that's yeah. how it works all right so after after harrison is in prison uh ford assumes command of the range uh, of the blackstone rangers um, again, but he's not like the the guy. Like he's not. The, they don't respect him as much. Like that bull guy was like old street kind of. He's not older, but he's like a little bit older street mm-hmm. dude. Like, 
and he like was very comfortable interfacing with real like killers. Like one of the like their main enforcer is this guy named Kane. Like his last name's Kane, but everybody calls him Killer Kane. And like and, like him and Ford are gonna have beef a little bit later. But like Ford's not he's not the the street guy. He's a street guy, but he's not like he's not as adept at handling the in the internal machinations of a gang. And so, and he's he also like is shorter and is skinnier than these guys. So he's also like a little bit physically. It seems like he, the book says he was physically intimidated. Um, so he can't control them as well. So like those mm. main twenty one guys kind of start doing their own fucking thing. Um, and this is around the time. This is around the time that uh, Fort changes the name of the gang from the Blackstone Rangers to the Black Peachstones. Um, people are. Gonna, I think the the book references it being a. A that his like he was called the Black Prince and then like the Black Prince's Stones. I don't. Uh, I'm not as familiar with that part. I didn't. You know, I didn't quite exactly understand that part of the book. Um, this, again, they were engaging in in robberies and extortion and, and and forced recruitment. And you know they were. It was. It was a weird. It was it's just a time because like Fort's not as in control of everything. And these guys are like now they didn't sell drugs before. Uh, Bull went to jail. And then all of a sudden they're selling drugs. They're selling. They're selling. They, get, they got into the heroin trade. Um, this is like interesting story about like, basically. I think it was. I think it was. I think it was the. Uh, they're having a meeting, and then they're like, uh, and there's like this group of like you know a subsection of the gang is like kind of like yo, uh, like one of the guys like this is bullshit. These motherfuckers ain't on shit. Da da da. Like kind of whispering, kind of like you know, bulls like these guys are bullshit. To like you know, while Jeff Fort is is like kind of conducting a speech or whatever, and basically, one of the guys like it's like a uh, like an enforcer, one of Jeff Fort's enforcers, like pulls the, there's a gun pull, da 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 da. They both like they like shoot at each other a little bit. It, guns are drawn. Uh, Jeff Fort they back out of there. It's like a standoff, and then Jeff Fort goes to like the main guy who's over those guys and is like, look, dog. All right, I'm about to kill that dude, and the the main guy that's over the guy's like, you're not gonna kill him. And then he was like, all right, I gotta shoot the motherfucker in the foot. At least <laughs> you lot to let me shoot this motherfucker in the foot. And dude's like, you're not gonna shoot him in the foot. You can shoot me in the foot, but you're not gonna shoot him in the foot. And he's like, and like, and they end up like the the guys who had the beef end up like boxing, and one of them like a boxer who like fucks the other guy up. But it's like, that was kind of emblematic of like what was going on. You couldn't really control anybody. Like, that wouldn't happen with Bull. Like, like mm. So it's like this weird thing of like, he's like ahead a, a of it, but he's not really like in complete control yeah. of it. Um, in, 19, in 1969, uh, the jobs program like came under investigation amid accusations of like grant money was being diverted to criminal activities. Uh, so like, Fort was subpoenaed to testify in front, like before a Senate committee, um, and he just introduced himself at the hearings, just said his name, and walked out. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and, and he was he was convicted for uh, contempt of court. But it's it's weird because he's twenty one at this point. And he's like in front of a, a a federal grand jury, like not a I mean a, you know what I mean a, a a federal hearing, and he's just like so, he's just a weird gang leader from the South Side of Chicago. And it, it it's I can see how like his ego starts to build, you know. I'm not only in charge of five thousand guys. I'm like in Washington D.C. in front yeah. of the media. Like, um, it's a it's a stamp of legitimacy for him. Yeah, it's a. It's also this is the time when they're like they're interfacing with the Black Panthers, and 
Um, again, the Black Panthers. There's a there's a meeting between like uh you know, Fred Hampton and Bobby Rush and like Jeff Fort, where apparently Jeff Fort like shows them like a machine gun that they have, like a full like mounted machine gun that they have. Um, like it, 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 the, 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 I think the, the FBI's concern about a lot of the they monitor the Black Peace Stones heavily is that like that that the Panthers and the Stones were going to link up and the Stones were going to become the actual foot soldiers of mm. the Black Panther rhetoric, which um, if you have that narrative, which I feel like they just have a narrative that you're just trying to fill in, um, yeah. yeah, whatever. Um, but like if you looked at the actual dynamics of both of the groups, they both didn't really they trust they both didn't really trust each other, and like the Black Panthers, like at a certain point saw them as counter revolutionary. And the Stones uh, saw the Black Panther as just like, like ide- uh, kind of political, you know, idealists and like just pseudo revolutionaries, who weren't really, because they were the Stones are out here killing people, <laughs> yeah. shooting at cops, like like it's a it's a so like I I, I mean yeah. the way I understand I can't really dice it up that well or, or disaggregate, but yeah. the Black Panthers at least seem to have a more active political. Yeah. Agenda. Yeah. And are taking more steps to execute that agenda through the established channels. Yeah. Whereas whereas these guys are more just like uh criminals like, like criminals who use the cover of like they're criminals but that also do like have some role in yeah. community involvement organization. organization. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it's almost like similar to the way the mob operates is that, you know, the mob yeah, is doing all this yeah. fuck shit, but then they're also like a lot of, there's you know, some union muscle is involved. You need, you, yeah. need, you need something to point to. Yeah. Yeah. To be like, Hey, we're not all bad. Look, we do this. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Broken um, clocks right twice a day, you know? <laughs> so in 1972, Fort and like two others, they were convicted of misusing federal funds. Um, and Fort was sentenced to like five years in prison. Here's the thing. They they basically caught them on like that like they had all these timesheets that you had to fill out the timesheet so they could give you the check for the training center or whatever. And they, they it, all the shit had like the same the same signature on it, and it all had the same handwriting because they would just fill it in after because they, they like it, they got caught basically on the on the uh, on the same shit like the mortgage companies got caught on. Or almost got caught on is that like all of they just had they just had the same person like rubber stamping shit. Mm. <laughs> um, so four to sentence to two years in the United States Penitentiary. Yeah, he goes to Leavenworth, um, and while he's in Leavenworth, he like he's converted to Islam, um, and he assumes the the name uh, Prince Prince Malik. That's the way. So he, when he comes out, he's gonna be Chief Malik, and he's like gone from like this skinny kid to when he comes out in 1976. He's like this big fucking buff, you know, prison body ass dude who's now Chief Malik, who's now like super into like Islam, like Islam, but a specific type of Islam. He like moves to uh, Milwaukee and like now the the Black Peace Stones are going to be headquartered there. Um, and he, he, he had joined the, the Moorish Science Temple, which is like, uh, I'll try to explain this gang very quickly. Uh, not not gangs. Try to explain this organization, this 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 religion, this religion very quickly. It's basically like it's 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 Islam with like black nationalism type stuff. It's like 
it's uh, if if you know what the like it, I wouldn't say it's NOI. It's more like Islam. You know what five percenters? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You don't know what five percenters are, but no. <laughs> everybody knows what like five percenters and like all that type of stuff is. Stuff is people talking about like Asiatic black man and stuff like that. It seems like very closely aligned with that. Um, they they you know they the. This is where, like, 1976, the the, the gang goes from the Black Peastones to the Elrukan tribe of the Moorish Science Temple, and they're called the Elrukans. Uh, you know, Elrukan meaning, uh, in, in Arabic, meaning the pillar. Um, <laughs> so, at this time, this is like bull, like that bull guy had gotten out, and he goes and sees, like, Fort, who's now, like, basically dressing in, like, kind of almost religious garb, robes, and, like, wearing uh like th- this is a time when they start wearing fezes and they're like kind of converting into this like uh religion uh, uh that is a gay like this part but they're still like a gang <laughs> it's a very interesting mixture of things mm-hmm. so again they were they were like fezes that's like a thing that's like a thing specifically that they do um and milwaukee why why milwaukee yeah, I, th- I think it was that. I think it was that Milwaukee was a lot of there were a lot of black peacestones who lived in Milwaukee. I, I forgot like why Milwaukee, but like they, it, I think it's they go to Milwaukee, then they come back to Chicago. They still have a lot of power in Chicago. Milwaukee is um, like southern Wisconsin, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's it's yeah. Because Madison's uh, the capital. Yeah, I'm supposed Milwaukee. to know what Milwaukee is. I don't know what Milwaukee, Milwaukee is. It's a it's a major city. It's a big city. Is it? Um, yeah, it's a major city. Um, I'm more of a more of a Green Bay man myself. Okay. okay, you can just say you're white. Dog. <laughs> you can just say you're white. <laughs> so Lambeau Fields, baby. All right, <laughs> one shopping mall, one sushi place. Although Green Bay is no Appleton, let me tell you, Appleton, okay. Appleton's okay. okay. All right. All right. I mean, they have a good, they have a club there, a comedy club there. I forget what it's called. See what I what I tell you, yeah. man. All right. <laughs> so. At the time, like that, that bull guy. The to tell you the truth, guy. I'm more of a more of a pest to go, repping okay, the pest. We're not doing. We're not right? doing repping this anymore. Pesh. We're not doing. We're not doing this anymore. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> this time, like that bull guy gets out. Bull Harrison gets out, and he's just like, he like confronts like Fort. He's like, "The fuck is this? Why are you using uh-huh. this religion? What have, what have you done to our organization? What are <laughs> yeah, you what doing? are you using this religion to like, like, like to do crime under like underneath this kind of the police at the time are like suspecting that they use this religion in order to get like uh, to be less um, to get less criminal like sus- suspicion on them, and that they're using religion to hide all their criminal activities. You, you can uh, get away with a lot of shit as a yeah, religion. Anyone yeah, can. Like the tax breaks, you just oh, this is this is it's my religion to do this, and it's like well, well. First of course, that's you know that's the uh, that's the police's uh, opinion. Um, but yeah, they do get, they do, do, do a lot of crimes. They, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, they, you know, of course they, they come back to Chicago. He places the, the, those, those 21 main 21 guys with like five close allies and renamed, you know, and now they're down the, the, now they're the El Rukins. That's how um, you do it. Early 77, uh, they purchased like an old theater, a vacant movie theater on a uh, 3947 South Drexel Ave. Um, and they it made it their headquarters, and it was like it's renamed the Fort, and it's that's like pretty sick. Yeah, that's pretty sick. I want to buy a, a rundown movie theater and make it my. I don't know what I would fill it with, but I, I think I would just rollerblade in it. Honestly, they once I ripped this, up all the carpet, 
they did this interesting thing where they were like they had like the well the MSTA which is like the Moorish Temple Moorish Science Temple or whatever I don't I, th- that religion has like this interesting thing where they're just like their whole thing is basically that black people are Moors um, mm-hmm. and not like Negroes because like of a 18th century Virginian law that says that Moors that that Negroes can be enslaved but Moors don't need to uh, cannot be enslaved so mm. black people like black people need to recognize that they're not negroes that they are moors and that their uh, their original religion is islam and that and and that's the like way to liberation um it's this what, is what, very french i don't even know what like <laughs> moors are i just know that was the so, issue with othello and like othello's main struggle or like you know he was discriminated against because he was moorish yeah, that's that's basically just like northern in north. It's, it's Morocco. It's Morocco. Oh, oh, oh okay. It's, it's, Mor- it's Morocco and like parts of like West Africa. It's 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 relatively. Okay. Yeah, I mean the Moors are the Moors were like black and brown, were black and brown people, or were you know, you know, all over there. Um, so, it's law enforcement is just like kind of circulating around them. They're trying to catch them on some shit, um, and you know. They don't believe like he's like changed. They don't believe in this shit. And basically, in 1983, he was convicted of drug trafficking um, and sentenced to 13 years in prison because he was like in Mississippi trying to fucking buy like a shit ton of like you a shit ton of weed or sell a shit ton of weed. Like some, eh, he ends up going to jail. He's uh they 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 send him to jail for 13 years. And while he's in jail, they're like talking. He's talking to the rest of the El Rukins, and. They get caught up in this thing where they like, where the FBI or like the the government accuses them of trying to commit perform acts of terrorism on behalf of Gaddafi and Libya, uh, and they also, in this weird <laughs> moment, try to buy a fucking law rocket, like a surface to air rocket. Damn, you can't do that, man. They won't let you, you do that. All right? can't, you can't. Yeah, they, can't no, they will not that, let you do that, dude. <laughs> Where, because like he meets he's he meets Gaddafi through like Farrakhan. Also, this is like Farrakhan is weirdly tied into this. Story. Who is Farrakhan? I don't know. I hear the name. Mr. I don't know Minister Louis Farrakhan of the NOI, who like okay. he's the the NOI is going through its whole thing where they're like kind of trying to. I think there's, there's some breaking apart at that at that. He's like sent, he's like took it out of the top position of like the New York Mosque. I think Temple Number Seven. Uh-huh. Um, or mosque number mosque number seven, which is like Malcolm X's mosque, was like the that's like the best one you want to be at. And he sent to uh-huh. like a West Side yeah. Chicago mosque, and he's like everybody's like, oh, the white cares, the white cares about like nobody's like it's not the power hub. Yeah. So like he kind of like they kind of form this weird friendship. Jeff and they're Ford, they're and both he, trying to build a bridge to to the brother leader. No, the brother leader knows Louis Farrakhan, and like the brother leader, like it's the whole thing. <laughs> the okay. Brother, the brother leader and Louis Farrakhan have like a relationship. Um, They've so they, done like, a bunch of lewds together, right? Jeff Probably. Jeff Jeff Fort meets fucking uh, the Gaddafi or gets the contact with Gaddafi through I think through Farrakhan. I'm not too sure about this. And anyway, they get caught in like a weird scandal where they're trying to like they they perform acts <laughs> of surface to air missile <laughs> or. Or the or as I think the book more argues that they were that they were, they were just trying to hustle Gaddafi, 
they're trying to get some money. <laughs> they're trying to get some money and then not ah, do shit okay. for Gaddafi. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Yeah, hey, hey, there you go. That's that's good too, man. I yeah, mean... that, yeah. But here's the thing about trying to get money from Gaddafi, is this? Here's the thing: you fucking end up in a situation where now it looks like you're trying to perform terrorist acts <laughs> on behalf of Gaddafi in the United States. So, is this post post Green Book Gaddafi? Pre Green Book? This post is, Green you know, Book. This is this is way post Green Book. This is like. He already has like the the Amazonian guard and all that type of shit. Right on. Like he's this is this is full mood swing Gaddafi. Okay. <laughs> is so, it f- okay. So anyway, that's kind of I mean that's how the story ends. Now he's he's in I'm pretty sure he's in he's in Florence uh, Florence Colorado now. Uh, Jeff Ford is at the Supermax out there, uh, which is where they where like real super villain shit. If you want to look at the the list of motherfuckers that are in that supermax in Florence, Colorado. Um, the Stones are still a, a organization. I mean, they're not like as united as they once were um, because, you know, now it's broken. It's like broken apart. And it's like, there's a lot of different like stone sets in Chicago. I used to, when I lived in Los Angeles, there was like the, the, the like bloods like that were like down, like across the street a ways. Uh, they they were technically under that same. They were like stones, um, hmm. so it's like a it's still a thing, you know. Um, and he's in the supermax, and it's like just like a loss of organizing potential. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I don't think they. I don't. I, from what I read, it didn't seem like they ever were like they were interested in it and touching it. But like, they knew. They knew they were still the these guys. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they knew they still want to be involved in hella crimes, um, but yeah, that's the story of uh, Jeff Fort and the Black Peace Stones. Man, um, well, thank you for listening. Is there is there uh, any chance of parole? Is he getting uh, twenty thirty eight? Twenty thirty eight. Twenty twenty eight. Twenty thirty eight. He was born in nineteen forty seven. He's born in nineteen forty seven. So okay, she's like seventy three now. Yeah. And he's got another seventeen years. They want he's gonna get out if he's a chance parole at, at ninety one. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's the that's the story of the the Blackstone Rangers uh, to the Black Peastones to I mean Black Peastone Nation to the Elrukins and now I think they're black they're back to like the black there's Elrukins are still around like they still wear like fezes in Chicago so like it's a it's <laughs> which a is thing. weird to me I don't want to laugh at it because they will guys some of those dudes might hurt me <laughs> like yeah that's for what real I'm... for real <laughs> <laughs> like so um yeah that's that's the story of Jeff Jeff Warren the Black Peace Stones and guys I want to thank you for listening um next week uh you know we hope you enjoyed this episode um mm-hmm. next week we're gonna do uh Harvey Milk uh, the San Francisco uh, politician. Well, I think the first gay, openly gay politician, uh, if I'm correct. I, I think so. Yeah, you know I mean, so people speculate about James Buchanan, but he yeah. wasn't open about it. So yeah, yeah. So you can't yeah. say James Buchanan. Can't say that, then, man. Dog. Um, what? Um, guys, want to thank you for living. Uh, th- guys, thank you for living. Listen, thank you for living. Thank you for being one, alive. Right? One, thank you for being alive. Two, one, thank you guys for listening. Um, again, follow us at Hard Fire History on Instagram and Facebook, HFH Podcast on Twitter, Hard Fire History on YouTube. Um, follow me at Joshua B. Stokes on Instagram and Twitter. 
Josh Stokes on Facebook. Where can they find you at, Henry? I'm just Henry E. Price on IG and Henry Price on Facebook. Okay, guys. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see you next time. Come back next week, right? Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. All right. Peace. Peace.